Welcome to Healthcare IT Today. I'm John Lynn, together with my colleague and friend, Colin Hung. The world of technology and healthcare are ever-changing in new and novel ways, and that's why we love this stuff. So join us as we discuss the latest healthcare and health IT news, meshed together in new ways which help generate ideas and new perspectives. Plus, we'll have a little fun along the way. On today's episode, we'll be spreading gratitude in a special Thanksgiving episode. And be sure to follow the show on Twitter at the hashtag HITSM and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 14 years of health IT blog content at healthcareittoday.com. And really, this is a momentous occasion. Episode 50, you know, like, ah, man, I can't believe it's 50 episodes in. <laughs> I cannot believe that either, nor can I believe that it's Thanksgiving already. In some ways, like this year is blown by. In other ways, it's like, it took a long time to get here. <laughs> Although ironically, as a Canadian, you've celebrated it a month ago, but uh, you get to celebrate it twice. Is that how that works? <laughs> that's that's kind of how it works. You know, we get our Thanksgiving in Canada because our growing season is shorter, right? So we yeah. celebrate earlier. And then, yeah, when 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 the Americans celebrate, we get a day off because nothing's happening. <laughs> <laughs> you can't email anyone anyway. Exactly. No, it is, it's great, though. I mean, you think about over 50 episodes, we've covered a lot of info and you know, so I think it's appropriate for our 50th episode that we're we're spreading some gratitude. Yeah, you know, this is a time for reflecting and saying thank you. And that's kind of what this episode is going to be about. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And we have definitely covered a lot of topics in the last 50 episodes. <laughs> definitely. And I think it's interesting to to look back at gratitude, especially in the current kind of environment, pandemic environment that we're in, uh, COVID-19 certainly, it asked us a lot of questions. It asked healthcare a lot of questions, personally, professionally, every way uh, imaginable. But I think for me, it also showed me how much gratitude I have for many of the things that are out there. I mean, I'll just kick it off with one, just, just the simple fact that you know, we can work remotely. <laughs> you know, I know, I understand there's value in being together and there's value, especially in a creative task to be together. And there's a certain energy that happens when you're in the same room. But the fact that we literally could just say, okay, work from home, like is, is pretty amazing <laughs> that the technology was all there. It, you know, there's sure you, maybe you didn't have enough devices. Maybe you needed to up your bandwidth, but the technology was there to do this. And so we could do it so quickly. That's a lot to be grateful for. Oh, I totally agree. Uh, you know, grateful that we are, you know, we were, we're at an organization such that we were working remotely anyway. So it's not like we had a giant office or anything like that. Uh, but yes, to have the infrastructure in place, like the bandwidth, the devices and the webcams that we, yeah, we could just uh, learn how to use it, uh, refresh how to use them in some cases, and then off we went. Uh, that think is about it from telehealth, right? Yep. If this would have happened, even let's say pre iPhone, right? Like, <laughs> when we all had flip phones and whatever, like if this would have happened pre iPhone, like what would we have done? I guess we would have just stayed home and not seen the doctor. I don't, you know, like we would have stopped working, like, you know, like these <laughs> options that we now essentially as becoming that new normal or whatever term you want, like we, I don't know what we would have done. It, you know, it makes you wonder what happened in 1918 when they had the flu outbreak. Uh, just stop working. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. 
No, it definitely, that's, you know, you bring it up. I'm definitely thankful for, you know, whether it's Zoom, GoToMeeting, you know, WebEx, uh, you know, Google Meets, uh, Teams, like you name the platform. I'm definitely thankful for those technologies because it's made uh, working, first of all, possible, uh, but it's also made it better because, you know, in the early days of the pandemic back in March and April when we were locked down, being able to see somebody, it was good. It was nice, right? Because um, I can't imagine doing everything we do through conference call. Like it just would not have been the same. So <laughs> definitely, you know, uh, for all the bad and how, you know, we're now talking about Zoom burnout and all those kinds of things. Despite that, I think without it, we would not be able to function as well as we did um, through uh, 2020. It's true. I think it was two weeks into the, you know, lockdowns, the shutdowns and stay at home orders. Uh, one of our community said, Hey, I'm doing a zoom call. You want to come hang out? And I, you know, I, I like to be supportive. Plus I love, you know, I have good friends and wanted to see them and, you know, health IT friends. We're such nerds that that's our friends group, but that's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll own that. But uh, you know, they said, Hey, come and hang out. And there was no agenda. There was no education. There was right. just, Hey, we're going to be here, hang out. And I, I went on it and I think it was actually while my wife was still on the cruise ship. So that, shows you how early it was and yeah she was on a cruise ship but anyways so I went on it and then afterwards I got off it and I just thought wow I needed that like I didn't realize how much right right but it was like this extraordinary relief and it felt so good to just connect to humans and and so yeah it was a great piece of this uh tough situation yeah and you know I think you, you mentioned it off the top there, John. I think that, you know, COVID has shone a light in some pretty dark places in healthcare and in life in general, right? Like in terms of, you know, uh, inequities, it, it's, it's also highlighted some of the, some good things um, as well. And that's kind of where my mind went to when we were thinking about this episode is, is really some of the great things that happened, especially early on, like a lot of companies stepped up, right? Like mm. um, we, we kind of looked, it seems so long ago now, but you know, you did that article around all these companies that were doing, giving away basically free services and free technologies and tools uh, to their clients uh, during the early stages of the pandemic. There were a lot of stories about companies donating PPE and doing PPE drives. And, and that to me kind of spoke to, you know, we work in a pretty cool industry. Like I'm sure other industries did it too, but especially in healthcare, because they were on the front lines. And then to see all these vendors basically step up and uh, forego the revenues and all those kinds of things and just kind of pitch in as best as they could. To me, that was pretty, pretty uh, heartwarming to see that. Yeah. I'm not sure there wasn't a health IT company that didn't have a free offering. <laughs> it would be interesting to compare the list and see who did and didn't. And obviously it depended what they had to offer. Did they have something to offer that could help with COVID? But yeah, I mean, it was amazing. The hundreds of companies that were just offering it for free. And many of them were very sincere in that, hey, this is not a revenue play for us. This is not a lead generation play. This is just, we think we can help and let's let's chip in and help. So so I think that, that was pretty awesome. I mean, we saw it from EHR vendors too. They rolled out telehealth and they weren't charging. They were like, no, you need this, use it, and we'll figure this stuff out later. And, you know, I think they will eventually because bandwidth costs money. But, uh, you know, at least initially they said, hey, let's get you to a solution so you can see patients because that's what was needed. 
Yeah. And it, you know, definitely telehealth companies stepped up or, or companies that had telehealth solutions. A lot of them, you're right, gave away their solutions for free or didn't charge anything for the implementations, right. Or the training of it. Uh, I remember writing a story early on about Lumion, right. And they had made their texting service, mass texting service available free to some of their European customers uh, who were then able to use it to notify patients about when the ER was or wasn't open or what to expect when you came in and, and just, or, you know, if you have these symptoms come in, if you have these ones, don't, you know, that kind of stuff. And that really made a difference, right? Because it would, it relieved the burden on a little bit on uh, those hospitals over there that were hit so early with the mass numbers of patients uh, with COVID over in Europe. So, and then there were other people who made, you know, other types of technologies available as well. I, I remember writing a story about uh, Vinca that was making their solution available for advanced directives and planning available for free. It's a little bit of a morbid subject, right? But it was important because, you know, you, you wanted to have those things very clear, especially given the pandemic situation where everything was so chaotic. So you're right in terms of, you know, so many companies were so sincere about offering it and, and truly meaning free. It wasn't like a hook, right? It was like, no, 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 just use it. Like, and we'll worry about figuring out how to pay for this later. Like, we just know that that you need this stuff and go ahead. Yeah. I think it was interesting. You know, there was a, a non COVID thing that happened too. Although I guess there's kind of tangential relationship to COVID, I guess with everything, because it does address burnout, which, uh, you know, we definitely saw the burnout issue really rise to the top in, in new ways uh, that, you know, I think, you know, it's interesting because burnout remains hidden when you just say, oh, that's the way it is. And I think during COVID, it was hidden for the first few months because they're just like, yeah, we're all, we're all surviving and we're all burnt out. And so, you know, it's interesting, but you know, the technology that I've loved over the last six months or so is ambient clinical voice mm. and the efforts being made there to remove the documentation burden from doctors. And uh, you know, I, I just posted uh, on Healthcare IT Today a video from ZDog MD. It was actually his Doc Vader character talking about having to wake up at 3 a.m. to document something for the patient in order for them to get the meds they needed. And, you know, if anything we can do to help remove the documentation burden from doctors is welcome. And we've seen a lot of great stuff. Nuance is leading the pack there with their DAX technology, and they've even integrated it with Microsoft Teams. Teams. There's a lot of work going on there to be able to automate the documentation. Say Kara is another one with their Kara product. To basically, you walk in with your phone, you push the button and it records it. You walk out, the note's sitting there waiting for you. That, that's the vision. And then the third one that was really interesting and I know Mmodal slash 3M is working on something. There's, there's a bunch of others. Even Amazon and Google could get into this game to some extent. I think they're right. a little different. I think they're more tools for other people. But, uh, but yeah, uh, another one that's really interesting is Speak, S-P-E-K-E, which is actually a company that owns also a, a scribe company. And I don't know if they saw the writing on the wall or if they, <laughs> or if they just said, hey, this is an opportunity for us to make scribes more efficient. Uh, so their speak product kind of works the same way. It's the same sort of push the button, record the session. And then between the scribe and AI, you know, it creates the documentation for you. And I, you know, I just think how magical this idea is. And it's so magical that I think most doctors don't believe it's possible. 
<laughs> no, I look forward to the day when we're talking more about ambient voice and, uh, and I know you're a big fan of that. You've written a lot about it and yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it too. Cause I think it's like how we're, you just spoke about uh, the ability to have video conferencing. You know, I think one day we'll look back and go, yeah, like we just have the capability to do voice, ambient voice. Like we just, it's, it's now part of the furniture, right? It could change it where I don't tell my kid, are you sure you want to be a doctor? Like, <laughs> you know, that's honestly, it's kind of how I feel, right? If my kid says I want to be a doctor, I'll be like, okay, if you really are into it, then be a doctor. But like, you better be really passionate because maybe I just know too much of the dark underbelly of healthcare. <laughs> and I, you know, I know that it's not all, you know, roses. So it's like, you know, if ambient clinical voice is one of those things that could give some life back to the profession when it comes to what doctors really go into medical school for, which is caring for patients, understanding how to help right. them. If we can do more of that, that's a powerful thing. That is, that what truly is. Now, I, like you, I have to bring up an example of a, a non-tech example of something I'm thankful for. And I can say this as a Canadian. Um, so this is neither red nor blue, but I have to give, I have to give kudos to the government uh, in the US and in Canada and around the world for lowering the barriers around uh, some of the regulations regarding uh, telehealth, right? For, for telehealth equity in terms of payment models so that your visit over telehealth could be, was the same as if it was in person. Because I think without that, we would not have seen the rapid adoption, right? And, and I think them relaxing some of the rules around what you could use, like, you know, it's okay, you can go ahead and use, you know, FaceTime, you could use Zoom, right? Uh, even though it wasn't quite, you know, HIPAA certified or that HIPAA certified version, just because they saw and recognized the need for patients to be seen. So to me, I think they deserve a little bit of thanks and gratitude. I mean, it's odd to kind of say that, but but I say I think they deserve a little bit of kudos for for that. Um, without which, I don't think we would have seen as quickly the rise in adoption of telehealth, nor the compensation for some of these docs who might not otherwise have survived had they not been able to do this. Yeah, Colin's thinking the bureaucrats, but uh, <laughs> I, I think it's true though. They, I think every HHS organization and group looked at it and said, what can we do within our powers? Because they don't have legislative powers. You know, the, the Senate and everyone else has to do that. So within their powers and within their jurisdiction, what could they do? And I think they did everything they could, right? Like, I don't think any of them held back and said, well, this could help and we're not going to do it because of X, Y, Z. They, they did everything possible to do that. I would take a different angle though, from a, a healthcare organization perspective, I was so grateful for the way those teams came together, mm. whether it was the crisis centers at a hospital that were brought together with the CMO and the CIO and the CMIO and, you know, and the director of different departments to be able to understand how should they respond? What is the best way to respond? I mean, that, I mean, I'm just so grateful for that. I do ask the question though, we came together as a healthcare organization and we did two things. We started communicating more and we started focusing on the patient. And my question is, could we do that after? <laughs> <laughs> I hope we can. I definitely hope we can, John. Because uh, you're right, that, that is something that, like telehealth will have a legacy of uh, heading out of this pandemic. Uh, let's hope this uh, uh, focus on the patient and focus, frankly, on the provider burnout. Hope that continues well uh, afterwards as well. Yeah. 
Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Healthcare IT Today with John Lin and Colin Hung. So, John, let's uh, take it in a slightly different direction than we've been talking about. Uh, let's make this a little personal. Like, what are you personally grateful for this year? What, what thanks and, and who do you want to say thank you to, given that this is the, the Thanksgiving episode? Yeah, so if we go personal, uh, I'm actually thinking about uh, the recent talk by Rasu Shithra at the Expo.Health event, and he said the power of kids, and he showed this incredible video, you can go check it out, that Atrium Health put together about kids dealing with the crisis, and it's this really kind of superhero type of movie video with kids, and, and as I thought about that, um, and as we were live tweeting it, I just naturally said, you know, kids are a great way to ground you. And I think that's what it's been for me and my four kids during the crisis is uh, the ability to kind of put things in perspective because I have to with them <laughs> or they do it for me, one or the other. Uh, I think that's been powerful. And also just the opportunity to be with them. I mean, I, I think if I come out of this 10 years from now, my kids and I are going to be like, remember movie nights during COVID, right? Like, cause <laughs> it was during summer, they were home and we, every night we'd pop in a movie. Well, pull it up. I don't know how you don't pop it in anymore, but anyway, we'd watch a movie uh, together as, as a kind of a family with my kids and we'd usually put the little one to bed so we could watch some PG 13. But yeah, it, you know, like these are memories and bonding moments that, are just really powerful. And I, I think I'm going to remember them forever. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, obviously thanks has to go to the family, right? Because they've helped us get through, um, you know, the pandemic, both in terms of just mental health and, and staying together and doing the things like you talk about game night, movie night, you know, dinner nights where we, you know, roll the dice to see who's pre you know, preparing dinner for us, and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but also, I think uh, in terms of just, you know, we've all had to start working from home, right, together and just sort of that not bumping into each other. I certainly think in my household where all of a sudden there were four of us in the house in the, during the day where normally it would just be me, you know, we've had to learn how to, to navigate that. And I'm certainly thankful for all the, you know, the times where I was like, hey, I need to, you know. I need to be online. I need to do a webinar. <laughs> so no one can get online right now, right? <laughs> got to, no one can stream anything. And so I think, you know, and I think I speak for a lot of families where that's just become sort of something normal that happens during the day. And we're all, I'm certainly very grateful that that, that happens, that, 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 that uh, came to be. Yeah. Um, we have eight months as we were thinking eight months that we literally haven't left each other's side, right? Like, I mean, cause we've been quite good at quarantine. Sure. There's been a few more activities as things have gone along, but there's been six of us in the house together in my house for eight months. My wife is like, I can't believe we're doing as well as we are. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> it's so true. Right. Cause you and I normally we'd be on the road, right? Like, you know, there would be a week we'd be away at, uh, you know, whether it's hymns or MGMA or some conference and, you know, we wouldn't see each other for a little bit. And, and yeah, so this is like the longest in a row that I've not traveled in a long, long time. And it's, it's been great not to be able to do that. So definitely thankful for that. Um, also thankful for some, you know, really good people that uh, certainly I've leaned on and, and had, you know, good interactions with. I mean, I have to say thanks and, and, you know, show a lot of gratitude for the HitMe community, right? Like, the peers that we have there, whether it was uh, Ashley Dower, whether it's uh, Sarah Benight, uh, Stacy, you know, Larry, like all of that crew, all of them there, Brian, uh, Mac, 
it's, it was just been so good to connect with them and just exchange tweets with them, email with them, hang out in these little sort of after hour things with them. It's, it's been nice to have that where you can just talk with some of your friends because we don't see them anymore face to face at conferences. So I certainly have appreciated that more this year than ever before, uh, because I, I guess I took them a little bit for granted in the years past because I saw them. Now, when you're not, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm so thankful I got a chance to see Brian. I haven't seen him in three months, right? And it's been great. It is interesting because there's so much hate in the world and, and even uh, challenges, but there's also so much love and, and, and care for people. And, you know, I wonder, Colin, are we spoiled, like, because we are so socially active? And, you know, I understand social media has a dark side as well, but at least I feel like the HITSM, the HCLDR, the HITMIC, the Pink Socks, et cetera, those communities are full of people who genuinely care about others and, and not just care about moving healthcare forward or moving health IT forward, but care about you as an individual. So I don't know. I, I, a part of me feels a little spoiled, right? That we, we really do have this network of incredible people. And, and I, I look around and, you know, sometimes I, I see people hop online and I'm like, they don't have that. Or maybe they aren't on Twitter. They aren't in a community like we are, especially a digital virtual community, which is what we have. And I'm like, oh, they must be suffering much more than us. So I guess it's a little bit grateful, but also like, wow, we're kind of spoiled. I think we, I mean, you're, you hit the nail on the head, John. I think, I think we are because we get to deal with different people every day still, right? Even though the pandemic's here, we, yeah. we do a lot of interviews. We talk with a lot of people who are doing inspiring things, right? And, yeah. and so we get a little bit of that in our day. Um, but for those that work internally at companies, like you're dealing with the same people every day. And although that may be cool too, right? Dealing with your teammates and everything. Yeah you just don't get the variety, right? And so I think we are spoiled in the sense of, yeah, we can hop on, we can see all these people and we get to do that as part of our day-to-day, -day, whereas a lot of people don't. And, and to your point, other people outside of who maybe weren't as socially active, their circle may be much smaller. And so there isn't as much opportunity to get together with them or drop in on a networking thing. And, you know, uh, it, so yeah, I, I, I think you hit it on the head. Like we're, we're part of so many communities and, you know, I, I can tell you that certainly from running the HCLDR chats every Tuesday, definitely, uh, you know, that's been an energizer, right? Every Tuesday night mm -hmm. for a lot of people. I hear the comments all the time. I see them like, hey, thanks for this great chat. Wasn't really a topic that I was totally into, but I just love being here, right? Just to see people interacting and, and you know, uh, so it is good. It is pretty rare and pretty special. Yeah, it was interesting. I, I, I this past few days, on my Twitter account, I keep getting followed by all these people who don't have any followers. And normally I'd see that and be like, spam bots, you know, <laughs> like, uh, this, they're about to say, hey, do you want to see a hot picture or you know, something crazy? And I'm like, block them. But I looked at them and they all said like nursing or nursing informatics or RN. And, and then they followed and you look at who they're following and they're following like HHS and CDC. And I'm like, these are legit accounts that have no followers, no tweets. And then I found out it was actually a nursing informatics program. And for their class, they said, go online, search the hashtag HITSM, and then interact and follow. I don't know exactly the official rules, but I was like, how great is that? The, the teacher is 
empowering them the way that we've been blessed to be empowered during this time. Yeah, no. And, and that definitely deserves gratitude. I mean, there's so many people I can't even think of how many people I've named a few, but there's just so many to thank. And it's been, it's been great. Um, but what about you, you know, other than the community, Sean, is there anything else that you're personally just really thankful for? Yeah. So, I mean, if I go non-health IT, uh, cause we love off topic, especially on a 50th episode, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll have to throw this in and you, you'll love this and you know this about me, but uh, disc golf has been a, a soothing bomb for me. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm addicted to ultimate Frisbee, to dancing and, uh, you know, those things and they're not good COVID-19, right? <laughs> like, no. yeah. It's not social distancing. It's the opposite of social distancing. So I've actually picked up a lot of disc golf lately and just getting out in the air. In fact, Often it was the only time I went out other than maybe hit the store or drop my kids at some activity. Right. Now. Uh, you know, getting out and doing a round of nine holes at the local course in the park and checking some plastic, as I like to call it. Uh, you know, it was, it's a little bit of uh, exercise and it's a little bit of outdoors. And, you know, it really just was, you know, I can't imagine what my life would have been like this past eight months without it. Now, do you guys call it, do you like, do you, you have to rattle the chains, right? Like it has to hit the chain and go into a little yeah. basket, right? Like, no, yeah, I've played a little disc golf in my time. We practice, we call it banging chains in the backyard. Ah, banging <laughs> chains, that's it. Yes, we, we have a course that's uh, here as well. And I never, I don't go, but I see people and, yeah, I mean, golfing and disc golf and those kinds of things. That's totally, totally you, John. <laughs> disc well, golf. Social distance fun, right? Like, so I love the competitive aspect. I love the social distance aspect, you know, and, and it's, you know, you, you can go play. It's free to play, unlike uh, ball golf, which, you know, I think is fun, but, you know, you have, it's pretty expensive as well. So it, it's been a, <laughs> a nice uh a nice thing for me during the, the quarantine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I need to do more of that. I think my waistline is uh, complaining, John, for sure. <laughs> but uh, for, at that weird way, I was like, I need to get back on the road because I ate better when I was on the road than I'm at home. Because <laughs> at home, it's so easy to take a second helping. You're like, oh, well, you know, I'm here anyway. I cooked all this extra. I might as well, might as well have a little extra. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is interesting and you know i mean it's it's funny you say that because i know many times when we've been on the road you've said yeah it's a problem for a lot of salespeople and other things that are always on the road because they just eat and eat and they can always eat the best stuff because the company's paying for it and so i know you had like a strategy around how to not overeat on the road which you know i i never learned but uh <laughs> That is super interesting that at home you're even more. <laughs> yeah, that's the total. I'm like the opposite. Right? Most people gain gain weight when they're on the road more. And I'm like, I've lose weight on the road because I'm more disciplined out there when I'm by myself, I guess. But anyways, this, uh, yeah. So this, this episode is going to air around Thanksgiving. So, you know, I guess a good way to end it would be to say just thank you to everyone who's listening. Uh, you know, safe have a safe and wonderful holidays and take care and of course you know with the pandemic still raging around please please take care and precautions and i know some of us are still going to go and see everyone and you know hey like you know you should i guess and in some ways especially of those that are alone but you know take whatever precautions you can because hey we're not through this quite yet 
Definitely. And I, I think we'll be dealing with it for a while to come. You know, it, it really is adapting to everything that's changing. And I think there's hope on the horizon. And, you know, I, I'd say my wrap up is thanks to all those organizations that are working together. Uh, that's another heartening thing throughout all this. Many healthcare organizations, health IT organizations who would have never talked before now are talking. And I hope that continues going forward. Absolutely. So thank you for all of you who tuned into this episode of Healthcare IT Today. Find more details about our show by checking out the programs page of healthcarenowradio.com. And please share your voice and engage with the community at healthcareittoday.com and on Twitter using the hashtag HITSM. I'm Colin Hung with my friend and health IT collaborator, John Lin. Thanks for listening and have a great day.